Hey, this is Strawberry, JR, and M from Oniforce. The side profile pick project that took OpenSea by storm. Keep listening to the Edge of NFT for the latest weather reports in the NFT space. Catch the next storm by always listening in. Stay tuned. Enjoy. Hey, all you NFT curious listeners. Check out today's episode to learn about the ins and outs of OniForce, where it came from, and where it's going next. And how the Oni founders built community on top of community on top of community. And how Dope One is turning killer design, hip-hop influences, and community-driven ethos into one of the most promising young projects in the NFT space. All this and more on today's episode. Enjoy. Welcome to the Edge of NFT with your hosts, Jeff Kelly, Ethan Janney, and Josh Krieger. The podcast that brings you the top 1% of NFTs today and what will stand the test of time. We explore the nuts and bolts and the business side, and also the human element of how NFTs are changing the way we interact with the things we love. This podcast is for the dreamers, disruptors, and doers who are pumped about this ecosystem and driving where it goes next. Today's episode features Strawberry, co-CEO, JR, CMO, and M, head of community relations of OniForce. OniForce is an NFT project of 7,777 unique generative side profile characters with over 100 hand-drawn features. Each OniForce NFT grants owners access to a slew of perks, including the high-end resolution artwork and a one-of-a-kind experience within the 20,000-member Discord community. This project is now a leader in the NFT art industry with 100 million in launch trade volume in the first week, currently totaling 135 million, which sold out in minutes, including celebrity holders such as Steve Aoki, Logan Paul, and am I reading this right? Snoop Dogg, I'm not sure who that is, but anyways, and made the project the number 13 ranking NFT of all time. Ethan, and you forgot Edge of Edge of NFT was also in that mix of celebrities. Edge of, edge of NFT, right. The well, question is, was it Snoop Dogg or was it Cosmo Medici or was it both? I don't know. Looked forward to hearing a little bit more about that. But anyways, welcome to the show, folks. Really excited to have you. It's going to be fun. Yes. Definitely excited to be here. Appreciate it, yeah. We've interviewed all sorts of leaders in this space. And I have to say, I've been so excited for this episode. And I'm a bit of a fanboy here. Some of us, Matt, I don't know if M, you're at that party in Venice that got shut down, even though we were being quite civil. But I'll just tell a really quick story. Basically, Gabe Weiss was auctioning off some art and it kept going up in value. And I was like, who's this high bidder? And oh, it's JR. Of course, of course. I'm supporting the community. It was legendary in that moment to meet you guys. And it's amazing to have you on the show. I know you guys have been cooking up a lot of amazing stuff. So thanks for coming on. Yeah. So great to have you guys. Yeah, I appreciate you. And, and again, Josh, it was awesome meeting you. And I don't want to seem like this this golden boy for for doing that. I looked at that as an investment. It was, a, if you ask me, a, a Gabe Weiss piece for three ETH, one one is a steal. It was definitely a fun time. But uh, yeah, I appreciate you. And it was really nice meeting you as well. Likewise, yeah. And shout out to Gabe Weiss. So look, guys, I've heard glimpses and pieces of the story. I want to hear the whole story of how this amazing project took off, you know, like wildfire. Where did the concept begin? How did the team come together? Yeah, so the whole concept 
Actually, funny enough, came for me just scrolling through my phone when I was listening to some music. And the Gorillas came on, which I am a fan of, of their music. And the artwork from Jamie Hewlett. And I was like, you know, it'd be awesome is we've never seen a side profile view project yet. And I was like, that'd be a great idea. I tried my, my hand at it and it just didn't come out looking the way I wanted it to. And um, again, it was very serendipitous. I'd say minutes later, I'm scrolling down my Instagram feed. And I see I'm Complex's artwork and it's a lot of side side profile views. And I was like, this is perfect. And I sent him a message on Instagram and I said, I'm Complex. I know we met a few times in Clubhouse. Didn't really have a personal conversation. I have a brilliant idea. I want to throw it at you. Let me see what you, what, what you think. And lo and behold, he came back at me the next day with two concepts and was like, I can't stop drawing. He's like, we need to do this. I'm on board. Let's get it done. And I was like, yes. And I was like, all right, now how else can we kind of piece this together? And I knew Strawberry. I met Strawberry in Venice as well. And Strawberry literally being a pillar in this community since day one, just constantly leading, leading these NFT groups in Clubhouse. And if you talk to anyone, everyone, like not one, everyone loves Strawberry, bottom line. Like they just always happy, always supporting everyone. And so I was like, Strawberry, have this idea. What do you think? And Strawberry's like, let's do it. And he's like, I got crypto spaces. And then we were just thinking of, again, who can we bring in this team to help build the community? And I Am Complex was like, I got the perfect human for you. And that's where we brought on, on Link. It was scary how perfectly things kind of fit into place like puzzle pieces. And we formed together this beautiful team. And I'll let Strawberry kind of talk about. So I just had the idea of the artwork that I wanted to take in a, a slight direction. And then Strawberry and Link really drove the narrative behind it. So Strawberry, if you want to kind of talk about the, the storyline a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. So after JR had approached us, myself, Crypto Spaces, who had worked previously on a project together, Strawberry at WTF, and we finally had all met and had some discussions, I almost immediately jumped into my web designer and started building a website for the project. I was just my imagination effectively just spiraled out as Uncomplex showed off a little bit of the concept artwork that he had kind of put together. And I had been previously approached by a few other NFT projects. However, they did not have concept artwork to really draw me in as quickly as Uncomplex had done. So that really just immediately created conversation around the narrative where crypto spaces and I started having conversation myself and M started having conversation and slowly but surely the team all came together and decided on a few little breadcrumbs that we would help drive the narrative forward. That would be in tying the amount of NFTs that we had or we wanted to create the 7,777 into the narrative itself, which we have said that effectively in this world, the ethereal enclave, suddenly the emperor just passes away. We're not sure why or what happened. However, when that does, everyone feels a change. They feel a shift in the frequency and we specifically call that the shift. And as a result, we've said that there are 7,777 hours remaining in this world. We're not sure what happens at that time, but again, we presented this idea and this concept to the community. And as a result, they grabbed on so hard that there is literally a novel written in the discord around their ideas, their characters, 
and just the few glimpses into this world that we've, we originally gave them. As we move forward, that narrative has become something somewhat of the forefront and where we find a lot of success in our project. Yeah, I tell you, there's, there's so much momentum out of the gate too, right? Even prior to launch, I guess, the intersection of community and story that really drove mass adoption, for, for lack of a better phrase here. So how do you maintain that from this point forward? It's certainly one of the most challenging things of this project. While we have been wildly successful, we certainly did not know how successful this would become because of JR's marketing efforts, as well as the narrative driven in the Discord with, which tied again into our pre-sale by creating this mechanism called the Maidlets, where those that engaged in the Discord helped the community and pushed the project forward were given access to, again, the whitelist. Moving forward, we've been in touch with a number of different companies, different brands, people in the space, and we are looking to tie those into the Odiverse, into the real world, the Web3 space. We're truly trying to build a brand that encompasses the globe and gets everyone excited about NFTs, as well as just the brand itself. That's really our focus, as well as completing the roadmap activations. We have merch coming soon. We have metaverse plans where we just purchased our first plot in crypto voxels and airdropped users more or less as a side quest. Some Oni Force ones designed by Huaji. We also have a couple of other crypto voxels things coming as for exciting little additions to the project. Well, that's not limited to our metaverse plans. We hope to expand that quite further. But most importantly, I think the comic is probably the most exciting part about this project, especially for me, where we get to see the world truly get built out. Uh, this comic will be a token that's available to holders of Bony Force. Crow Magnus is our artist on that. He is absolutely amazing, has tons of experience in the industry. And we've been out tied in another member of the NFT community and comic community, Josh Flaylock, and he will be advising on putting the comic together in a really, really outstanding way. Additionally, we interact with our community every day. I take the time to make sure I go in, say hello to everyone, answer questions, concerns. We truly value critique. We truly value the voice of our community. And with that said, that is what I believe is NFT's best route to success, is the voice of the community and carrying the message of not only Odi Force, but the projects that you are involved with. These are certainly some of the biggest successes I've seen in the space and where we hope to uh, drive forward Odi Force. Yeah, shout out to uh, JR in that point, because there was this uh, moment in your community forum, which I joined in Discord the other day, where someone asked about why they, they couldn't get more of those sexy shoes for all of their Onis. And I think, JR, you are very direct in communicating, but you did acknowledge them with some empathy about their perspective. And it, it, I just it just realized how many micro thoughtful decisions are required after the drop to maintain that momentum. I think we all, again, what's beautiful about our team is that we all kind of have our paths now and we know which direction to go. So like with me, with Twitter, my, my community per se is on Twitter. Like I run the Twitter 24-7, I, it got to a point where before the launch, people thought that there was a Twitter bot and it was the, I screenshotted it and sent it to my team in the chat and it was like in headquarters and like, 
they think that there's someone liking their and just automatically answering their comments. I'm like, no, I literally did not sleep. I didn't do anything. Like all I did before pre-drop was, was on Twitter 24 seven. Cause I'm like, this needs to be successful. But that's why I wanted to pass the mic to, to link because what she's been able to do in discord is again, I get just as equally part of the reason as why this project has been so successful is because of the lore and the community that she's been able to build inside, build inside there. It's incredible. So Link, do you want to kind of talk about how you've been building community inside of Discord? Yeah, thanks, JR. I was a noob, to be fair. I was a noob at Discord. You know, once we kind of gathered everyone, I am completely a people's person when I want to be. And that was kind of like a utmost importance is like just connecting with humans and individuals and having conversations and getting to know about them. And all of us as the Avengers, as JR likes to call us, gathered and <laughs> Strawberry had pointed out, he's like, hey, like if you build us out of Discord, you're going to need to kind of figure it out kind of fast. And so I was like, okay. <laughs> and where there's a will, there's a way. And I spent countless nights researching everything that I could about Discord. I had no idea what I was doing. And I built the Discord out just by pure will. <laughs> so I was like, okay, we need this, we need this. And then I really began to focus on what the aesthetics were for I Am Complex's artwork. And that was a lot of nostalgia for me. I absolutely am a weeb. I'm a weeb at heart. Pokemon, uh, Legend of Zelda, I'm a gamer. And those were the things that I wanted to play on in the Discord. And I just slowly was like, well, hmm, can we add like a PokeWorld bot in here and have people like come in and just like capture Pokemon? Mm -hmm. Can we have like some sort of radio that just plays like low-fee music? I think creators and artists really enjoy, for me personally, just because I can speak from experience, I sometimes don't have the bandwidth to listen to music that has words. It's incredibly distracting as someone that's like neurodiverse. I need lo-fi. Totally. Shout out to a, one of our friends, Will Henschel, who has a whole mobile app dedicated to music. It's called Focus at Will. Focus and at it's designed Will. especially, it's like a monthly subscription. They take it so seriously mm. that they've done like brain, you know, it's all based on like neuroscience research and it's got different styles of music based on this, this different like concentration and focus types. You know, they got pre-recorded loops that are literally designed. It's not just like a mix on YouTube. They're literally music designed to help you focus and concentrate. Pretty well, cool I wrote stuff. that down. That's that's a good tidbit. I'm always nice. like, we yeah. We need a referral code, a I think, for that. for coming on our show. Yeah. Yeah. No, for real. I needed that. So I put, I was like, well, it seems like if other people are attracted to this type of artwork for a reason, I feel like maybe people will resonate with that. And then I put up a 24-7 plot that played lofi music that I had to like, you know, go in and keep checking. And then to hear from other people from other discords be like, hey, so-and-so discord did this. So-and-so discord is also having a 24-7 bot. And I didn't realize that innately it kept people in our discord and we would talk about it. Hey, can you play Pokemon Lofi? Hey, can you play Demon Slayer Lofi? Like it just hit and I think that was what I played up to was the nostalgia that everyone was really relating to I Am Complex's artwork and building everything out. I think we just connected on everything else that those individuals were like, this reminds me of this game that I used to play as a kid and I related and I connected with everyone that came in on that. And here we are. <laughs> awesome. Well, and also kudos to Linked for just like rolling in fresh with a uh, 
NPR post-produced radio voice here for <laughs> us. I appreciate I, that. Yeah, honestly, this project <laughs> made me that. I was nothing, nice. I'm telling you. <laughs> and then now look at me, I, I, I've ascended into NPR voice. Nice, excellent. Well, there'll be little post-production on our end for that, for your audio. So thanks on that. Next question, we've sort of alluded to, you know, ways you're kind of going above and beyond, but I want to ask very specifically how the project goes beyond being a simple work of visual art making and creating this story that includes people's emotions. Mm, that's a good one. So I'm Complex, I had the privilege of interviewing. I'm Complex, for those that are listening, is artist at Oniforce. And when we sat down and I really had a chance to almost really hear his origin, this project in particular, when the topic came up, he had basically disclosed that he feels that the crypto scene is in essence somewhat slightly cynical. I think it can tend to have a very cult tone. And obviously with NFP projects or NFP, PFP projects coming out, it was very much a place where a lot of projects were popping up out of nowhere. And maybe some of them didn't have the emotional aspect of really airing at least some sort of life. And he wanted to approach this project in that way. He wanted to give these characters emotion, give them feeling a sense of some type of life that our community could not only see this as a piece of artwork, but having some sort of relation to it. People come into our Discord and they're like, I got one that feels like me. I got one that I connect with. And I think that that's like the most beautiful thing because we have so many assets that play to our individual demographics. We have people that uh, we have Onis that have hearing aids. We have Onis that are giving this side kind of looking a little elusive. And that to me made it a warmer approach of a project that at least had some sort of play on people's emotions. And when you get that type of connection, rather than having something that's just like, okay, here are all the assets, this is what they look like, it can tend to seem kind of dry. So he really did well with that. We were recently talking about the Genies project, actually, and how that initially didn't start on the blockchain, but then it evolved. And, you know, their, their goal is to, is to be that avatar, right, for folks in any environment within the metaverse. But we're talking about something here that, that's similar in a lot of regards, but also different in that there's this rich backstory that's already been established here. And these, you know, connections that happen um, or are happening that you're describing are, are happening around around something much greater than even just the individual piece that they hold, right? Like there's this connection to the, the collective story and to the other holders and to the other you know, characters, if you will, something really interesting happening there. And there are not a lot of projects that have tapped into that yet in a meaningful way. So very cool to hear. I think you really hit kind of the, again, one thing too, is that there weren't many female oriented projects at the time of release. And one thing that I'm Complex really wanted to hit with these characters is to make sure they had kind of like a androgynous look and feel to them where it could be male, female, it doesn't matter. And a lot of these character traits, again, kind of interweave in between one another. And one thing that we did prior to launch is we called together, again, I like to say some of the, the brightest minds in the NFT space, about 15 individuals that myself, Strawberry, Link, and a few others really trust and think could add a lot of value to the project. And what was meant to be an hour long conversation of like us telling them about the project and seeing oh, a focus group per se turned into about a three hour long discussion 
where we garnered so much valuable information. And Link mentioned too, like the idea of the hearing aid that came from a member of Hopeboard, who is, a, again, a, a huge member of the NFT community. And we really got a lot of valuable feedback. Like we even had a trait where we're like, should we put this up there? And we're like, should we not? And I'd say about 80% of them are like, do not use that trait. That won't go over well. And we're like, okay, we won't use that trait. And so I think this is something, I guess, valid information to any project that's coming out now is make sure you have like a quote unquote test group before to talk about your projects, get some pointers on whatever it may be, because the more eyes you have in the projects, the better. And we had very much like this focused tunnel vision almost. And it was great to step back out and before going to the masses, hearing what everyone else had to say about it too. So just some advice for any new projects that may be starting. And Sherbert, I think you had something to add as well prior. Yeah, and I just wanted to tie into the emotional aspect of all of this because NFTs for me personally are quite emotional in a lot of ways where my profile picture, as you can see in the background, this is my forever Oni and very much attached to this. I very much love it. And emotionally, it inspires me to want to create more. In fact, I've created a little bit of backstory for the character and then it ties itself into my personal life where we do see a lot of people, especially in social media and the NFT space, changing their profile pictures, becoming cats, becoming apes, becoming Oni, becoming these things. This ties directly into our story where we have this concept of the shift. And that is simply a, a change in the frequency, a change in the world. And I tie this directly into the NFT space in a way that we in ourselves have shifted from this perception of physical materialism to digital existence. I very much align with my Oni in a real way. It is attached to my digital persona. One of the founders of Lexo called, created a term or, or said a term that I not, we had not heard before, dematerialism, which I thought was sort of interesting because you have this minimalism aspect. I'm not of sure, life. but I think I created that. I'm going to take credit for that. All right. I mean, Luxo has a project called Dematerialized, which is... Right, right, totally. Right. So they definitely were thinking dematerial as well. But I guess, is that like an accurate sort of description for the emotional component you're talking about, Strawberry? Are we talking about like a dematerial world? I may not necessarily say dematerialized. While that is a good concept on the outward side, I've been thinking this, but Gary B had said something along the lines of your digital self is far more in the forefront of the public than your personal life. But you don't know what I own in my home. However, you could very easily go to my Ethereum wallet and see which NFTs I align with. So that can give you some personal insight into me. However, you wouldn't know what my home life is like because I simply do not share that online. However, I'm very willing to share my ape in a suit for Christie's, or I am very willing to participate in metaverse activities and things like that, utilizing my digital form. And it, the Christie's thing in itself, I'm not sure if you were familiar, but the apes were suiting up for Christie's. People were changing their costumes to wear suits. We additionally did that for OE members as well to support the Board Ape Yacht Club on their way to Christie's. And this ties into that shift, if uh, you're saying, or, or that I had mentioned, where the entire community had a tremendous amount of fun throughout 
two days, putting on suits, interacting on Twitter. Whereas in real life, I'm hard pressed to put on a suit. Luckily, Ethan here has done the job for us, <laughs> but was having a blast putting a suit on my ape, a suit on my own, sharing that on Twitter and interacting with everyone. That was a lot of fun. And I can see that concept expanding a ton, especially if Twitter verifies NFTs and there's just so many fun future things. That the, the real question is, is Ethan going to wear a suit at the big party and at uh, NFT NYC that you guys are, are having? We'll have to I see could what peg, you... If we can expense my dry cleaning bills, I think that we could go for that. <laughs> but another example of community building, you guys have this cool party planned with our friends at Frogland and the Aerials who also came on the show, if, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that's going to be really exciting. That is on November 1st at the Atrium, which is a beautiful, beautiful venue. It has two separate parts to it. So it has this giant warehouse. It has a giant mansion aspect that you can take some really cool photos at. And you need to have either a Frogland, NFT, an Ethereal, or an Oni to enter. And we have music performances playing. We have quote-unquote Oni Kai 2 who is coming, who is a huge member of our team who will be DJing as well. So it's going to be a really, really fun event. And I want to give a huge shout out to Cass and Dina, who have been really at the forefront of putting this together. They have been just under a tremendous amount of stress helping us forge this. And as funny enough, during this podcast interview, I'm actually missing one of her meetings about the party. So I was like, listen, I'm so sorry. I'll catch up with you afterwards. So a huge shout out to her for putting this together. And yeah, it's going to be absolutely incredible. It starts at 8 p.m. November 1st. You can find the details on our Twitter and as well as Ethereals. And also shout out to Rare Pizza. So Rare Pizza is donating some money for to help sponsor the event, which is really cool. So it's just a really amazing collaborative event where we're kind of just joining forces and just going to have a really, really fun time. So definitely looking forward to that. That's awesome. So JR, we've talked about community and we've talked about sort of the thoughtfulness that's go gone into these characters. And I think Strawberry mentioned this ethereal enclave. Going back to sort of these characters and these properties, what are the characteristics that folks need in their Onis to survive? And how do the character traits and levels fit in? I have some particularly high levels of certain properties of, of my Oni. So this is a pretty important question for me personally, and I'm excited to hear more about this. Yeah, so I'm happy to share on this. As I did help alongside crypto spaces develop effectively the rarity scores and the traits that go along with each specific cast, if you will, or type. We have the Yokai, Bakemoto, and Oni, three different tiers of rarity. I have been a lifelong dungeon master. I've played a tremendous amount of Dungeons and Dragons. I have almost always been the dungeon master. So world building, character design, NPC, interactions, enemies, combat. These are all things that I've thought about for maybe the better part of 20 years. Since I was a small child, I've kind of always came up with game mechanics. I was inspired by early video games and have spent countless hours of my life creating concepts, basic games, and all the sort. So how we solve this NFT space is that it very much can be gamified as we're seeing. So 
like Dungeons and Dragons, we thought that it would be a great experience to add some stats into our keys. I believe JR may have introduced the concept of this, um, and then we expanded on that by introducing strength, style, and spirit. Three core philosophies that we believe that every body should encompass, and these stats will come into play as the NFTs continue to develop. I've taken some inspiration from things like Magic the Gathering and Dungeons and Dragons, as well as other video games as we've moved through this. We don't want to just say, here's some stats, figure it out. However, because the NFT space is so new and we are unsure of where it's going, we're very much interested in giving you the pieces to start playing the game as we start developing it. Whether it's an actual game to begin or what it becomes, I see NFTs as more than just obviously the images. There is a tremendous amount of metadata that goes along with these as well. Without the images, you're left with a tremendous data piece of information. And all of that information can get called later on and utilized on the blockchain or in Web2, in video games, in metaverse experiences. So what we're hoping to do is provide an off-ramp to building either community-based projects or our own utilizing these stats and concepts. Amazing. So we'll have additional future airdrops for claimable NFTs, or for example, we just airdropped our Oni Force Ones, and everything will tie directly back into the original NFTs, whether you find stat boosts or additional powers or other metadata to attach to the NFT to later use in whatever concept we develop. Very easily, we can make things like a Discord that utilizes these stats. This is actually something that's in production now. We're having conversation with the developer for our Discord, and maybe M could share a little bit about that. It doesn't have to be much, but again, we are thinking about this as a collaborative world and as something that ties directly in with our RPG elements. That's why we've added stats, the metadata, all of this information is just something that we've placed in there to hope connect everything in the future. And with what's coming, we hope everyone will be pleasantly surprised. Daddy. Just in case I had a question, but I wanted to see if, if M wanted to, to give any details on that. Oh, sure. Yeah, go for it. It was really interesting to, and this will be something that Strawberry can definitely participate and input. We are interested in really seeing if we could extrapolate stats. Our community has also rallied with each other and created a Loot Gear inspired project called Oni Gear, where in tandem, I guess, we could really tie in certain elements into our Discord where we program a bot to kind of pull those API stats and begin to directly kind of like say, oh, your Oni has this in a very like digestible code where people can engage with each other inside of the Discord and say, I'm going to throw this Oni up, let's fight. And then you respond with a command that says, well, I'll throw this Oni up and so on and so forth. And y'all kind of battle it out. And maybe mathematically, we can begin to calculate, well, if Strawberry's Oni has 10 strength and my Oni only has seven, well, according to maybe some sort of at least an algorithm or even just an equation that Strawberry has kind of like built out, we can say, well, so-and-so minus so-and-so equals this link, you lose. 
I'm feeling really good about my Oni's chances. I just have to say that. (laughs) Keep it, keep it. And then eventually with Oni gear, for example, uh, Joshua, to your point, if you're feeling really good about your Oni, you could level it up and say, well, I ended up getting my Oni gear and I have a katana and that gives me a plus one advantage or I have immunity and so on, so forth. Like there's just so much to digest there, but it is so exciting. Did, I mean, did, did Discord really know how integrated they're going to be into NFTs? I know, no, they didn't. I don't think we had time to answer that question, but that is definitely fascinating to consider. What I'd love to do here is go to our community a little bit. I don't think we've done this before. We're going to take a question from Twitter. We got a really cool question from Saskatoon Squatch. And the question is, what are the team's thoughts on the differences in the relationship between a traditional artist and their patrons versus an NFT project and its holders. And there's sort of a second part, given that NFTs reside at the nexus of tech and art, should the value proposition be about more than purely art? Anybody want to jump in there, JR? Yeah, I'd like to tackle the first part. What I think is beautiful about, so me being before this, I was an artist as well. And I was a starving artist for about two years where my only income was was my art, my artwork. And what I will say is, I think the massive difference is the relationships that you do build. I know me personally, I still keep in contact with every single collector, almost every single collector of my NFTs. I see them daily on Twitter. They come into the Discord channels and we have this kind of running relationship. And I think the reason behind that is we are all experiencing the NFT space together at the same time. So we're in this whole new world together. We're supporting one another together. And it's very much harmonious. Whereas I feel like in the quote unquote old world or the real world of selling artwork from collector to artist, I think it's more of a transaction that takes place. It's, hey, here you go. Here's this artwork that you're going to hang on your wall. Have a great day. One thing I did though a little, like I used to write like thank you notes to my collectors, sent out like literally personal thank you cards. And there's ways you want it. You definitely want to keep those connections going. But I do feel that in the NFT space, it's more about the experience than it is the artwork itself. Yes, there are a lot of collectors that literally have screens hanging in their, in their apartments, in their houses where they're, they're showing up these NFTs. Like our, our good friend Shara at his place in California, he has, he has both, which is beautiful. He has a lot of really, like he has a, a gorgeous Cleon Patterson just hanging in his, in, his, in his house. And next to that, he has a screen where he's presenting NFTs. So it's, it's a beautiful mix of both. But I do think that the old world way is more so a transaction where the, and, and the new world of NFTs is more so an, an entire experience. If you'd like to repeat the second part of the question, I'll hand that off to, to anyone else on the team as well. Yeah, and, and you sort of, touched upon it, but the question was, uh, given that NFTs reside at the nexus of tech and art, so it's kind of like incorporating that we can incorporate tech, is there sort of an obligation that the value proposition be more than about purely art? Right, that's kind of the, the gist of it. I'm happy to jump in a little bit. One of the greatest and most amazing aspects of the NFT world and NFT art is the fact that the community does get to interact with the creators. Traditionally, we've seen in the art world that art does not become valuable until they're dead. I don't want to die before my art becomes valuable in any sort of way. I mean, I, en- I very much enjoy the aspect of art to community 
where I too have traditionally been an artist creator myself, pre-NFT space. I just effectively gave everything away for free. That has been my traditional way, whether it's been on social media or gifts or just creating and sharing the experience with others, that finding value and creating that around myself or things that I've been working on has been very, very challenging. And so with that said, we're inherently giving the community a bit more than you would expect from your traditional artists where, you know, you would go to a gallery, you say, I like this piece of artwork and you would buy it. There's no instance where you're having a conversation with Dali and he's telling you that you're going to make it. It's just not really what has happened in the past. So again, this is a very unique experience. And then with the proposition of whether or not NFTs shouldn't be more than art, again, they inherently are because they reside in this world of tech, art, uh, the tech being just as much as the art is. And with that said, there are a tremendous amount of creative solutions to tie the artwork into the community, to the Web3 space, and creating more value around that. I think, though, that the greatest asset beyond the art and the tech is the community itself. They truly drive what the project is, how the feelings around it. And with that, I think that that in itself is the value proposition, is that now artists can create, again, this social dynamic around themselves and then offer value, whether it's content, additional artwork, conversation, personal interaction. These are all really incredible things that for the first time as an artist, I'm able to express and enjoy. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing what, what you're doing with the community alluded to a ton of amazing things coming. But can you give us some specifics on, on what's next and what we should be getting excited about? Absolutely. So first and foremost, we should definitely be excited about NFT.NYC. This is a huge, huge angle and view on the NFT space. We're effectively taking over New York City, the world's global city. So I think that with this, just a tremendous amount of attention will be put into the space. And that is something that we hope that everyone can come and join us for because we'll be there. Additionally, I just want to highlight some really, really exciting news. We have been working with a gentleman named David Uslin. His father is the executive producer of all of the Batman films ever created. He's owned the IP since I believe the early 80s, late 70s, during the era of Pajama Batman, where people simply couldn't conceptualize something a little bit darker, as we saw with the original Michael Keaton Batman. But with that said, we have been invited to go to Comic-Con this year in San Diego, as well as Los Angeles. We featured on a panel there, as well as in a gallery and in an evening event centered around NFTs. The event in itself will be more or less an ABCs on NFTs and introducing the comic world to NFTs, fully force, and which ties directly into our roadmap where we are in fact creating a comic book, as I had mentioned, this is being illustrated by Pro Magnus and collaboratively with Josh Blaylock, as well as our team. So we're super, super excited to announce this and show off all of the amazing artwork and things that we have been working on. Oh boy, we're excited. Right, we'll I can say, say that. Yeah, what I will say too is we have a short release poem. I love how he, how he says it. Is that we have a lot of side quests where they're not necessarily on the roadmap, but 
just kind of stuff that has relationships that have been built that have kind of been placed in front of us. And we're like, okay, we'll do this. Okay, we'll do that. And we can't say anything and it kills me. Yeah, we can't, but like we have several side quests that could be main plot stories to be entirely honest of how massive and how big some of these these cool things are. And uh, so again, another strawberry is a man of wisdom. He said, we have, we have all the cards in our hands and it's just when we're going to play them. That's what it comes down to. And we tell the community that the NFT space moves at a million miles per hour. We know this, but the real world with NDAs and I can't believe I'm saying this, but working only Monday through Friday, not working on Saturdays and Sundays. It's like, it's crazy to me. So these things take time and we have a lot of side quests that uh, are in the works and we're excited to share with everyone. Too. Most of what we're presented with, even though that initially we had a set vision of let's highlight like these core things for us to have attainably accomplished, like we would like to see these things brought to fruition. And with the growth of everything, it's just so nice to be able to, at least with SideQuest, we're inherently seeing some value in some capacity for a reason. Whether that be to finally be able to access the percentage of people that don't know about NFTs still, I always really advocate that this NFT space is a privilege. I think that there is a very small microcosm of individuals that there is a pool of people that they hold these projects and that's about it. And essentially these quests, if you will, I feel like we're expanding outside of that. And that's an important thing to really just highlight because it's initially going to at least give attention to more invisibility, to more of an audience that might not know about this technology and what it can offer. So I just had to sprinkle that in because I'm like super excited about inviting more of a, of a different type of demographic to play. Definitely. To piggyback off of that just quickly, that is effectively an underlying goal of Lamar's. While we obviously want to bring highlight to Oni Force, just inherently interacting with the space, like Mike said, it brings eyes to NFTs in general, other projects. We're here to support other projects and things that we love as well, because that is what is amazing about the NFT space is that it's not a matter of competition between Coca-Cola and Pepsi. It's a matter of how can we make Coca-Cola and Pepsi taste better together? These are sort of kind of the core philosophies that I've come into the NFT space and realized, obviously, the collaborative portion of it. And one of the questions that I get asked pretty consistently in real life is just how community, how did this happen? How do you build something like this? And a lot of it, it was just very serendipitous. Uh, we did put in a tremendous amount of work at the beginning. And now we have the ability to, again, express not just only force, but NFTs. And our conversations are centered around a lot of that as well, because we love other projects too. Well, it's certainly not by accident. I think when you hear all of you speak about this, a lot of the core tenets of great business are there. Customer service, community, marketing, building a narrative, like all those elements are there. And so I think you set your, yourself up for success more than anything. So great to hear about Oni Force and everything that you're doing. And we want to shift gears a little bit now and get your personal perspectives on a few questions. It's a section that we call Edge Quick Hitters. It's a fun and quick way to get to know you a little better. We have 10 total questions and we're looking for short single word or few word responses. We'll go and ask one person per question and I'll just uh, guide us through the 10 questions and we'll work our way through the team. 
and then we'll, uh, we'll take it from there. Does that sound good? Absolutely. Sounds great. Awesome. Okay. So we'll start with question one. This will be for you, Strawberry. What is the first thing you remember ever purchasing in your life? I remember maybe had to be like 92, 93, 94. I'm not sure. I was really young, maybe seven or eight years old. My brother was maybe like five and or six. We had saved up our collective Christmas money and like some money that like our grandfather had given us. And we purchased a Super Nintendo. And that was probably like one of the very first memories that I have of like going to the store, giving my mom my money and saying like, she's like, do you really want to spend all your money on this? My brother's <laughs> like, spend my money. Take Absolutely. <laughs> and that nice. changed the outcome of my life in so many ways. We spent that just summers playing together. I bet. That's awesome. <laughs> Question number two, JR, for you. What is the first thing you remember ever selling in your life? First thing ever selling. I mean, it's going to sound funny. I was probably really, really young too. I remember I used to try to sell artwork when I was in middle school. So the way I came about this was, so Dragon Ball Z is what got me into, into art in general. Like Dragon Ball Z was the first thing. Like I love art. I love this. And I had a crush on a girl named Rebecca who also loved Dragon Ball Z. And I don't know why I thought it was a good idea, but I was like, hey, I drew this awesome Dragon Ball Z picture. You can buy it from me, though. If you want to buy my Dragon Ball Z picture. And that was like me trying to play with her. <laughs> but she bought it. She, I don't remember. I don't know how much it was for, but I vividly remember selling her a Dragon Ball Z picture that I did. And Love yeah, I, I started to take Dragon Ball Z commissions after that. I don't think it lasted very long. It might have lasted like three or four days. But yeah, that was the first time I ever like even really sold art too that I could remember, which is pretty funny. Awesome. Lasting impact for sure. Question number three, M, for you. What is the most recent thing you purchased? This is exciting. I believe in Oni Force wholeheartedly. Yeah, my heart is in this project. I bought my forever Oni. And transparently, because we know the blockchain is very transparent with everything, I feel very confident in saying that my forever Oni is 7300. It has a Hanya mask and it is the equivalent of a new Kia Sorento. And I decided to <laughs> invest in this Oni. It is like literally me. The traits on it was a trait that I am complex really highlighted. It was it has a Yoni trait, which Yoni is a sacred term. I do Yoni art for basically it advocates for women. Yoni is something that y'all can look up later. It has everything that exhibits who I am and I had been eyeing it and I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to bite the bullet because this is me and I believe in what we're doing so much. So yeah, whenever I transacted everything, my palms were sweating and adrenaline was kicking in and I was like, is this what it feels like to like be an NFT addict? Because this is it. <laughs> that is the feeling. That's amazing. Question number four, Strawberry, for you. What is the most recent thing you've sold? So recently I was brought into the Doodles community. I was offered whitelist on their project. I think it's fantastic, super cute. I'm all about just like cutesy. I love the cool cats. I just, that's another IFT project that I really enjoy. However, I was brought into the Doodle whitelist. I sold a couple and then kind of make up for the difference, but I kept my two forever doodles, which really I vibe with a ton. So that was a nice little interaction with some NFT sales where I am traditionally terrible at it. Please do not take mine. I'm not an NFT investor. I'm a creator in much of my life. 
I buy at the top. This is the first time I've actually had an opportunity to take something that I didn't create, have that experience of flipping NFTs, if you will, just for the sheer enjoyment and the, again, the experience because I've always bought at the top. Yeah, but it's exciting. <laughs> Question five, JR, for you. What is your most prized possession? It's just, again, it's funny that you asked that. My most prized possession, I'm not even wearing it right now, is a necklace my, my baby sister got me. She's not really a baby, she's in college now, but it is a necklace that says keep pushing on it and there's deep sentiment behind it. And she bought it at the, if you remember like the Christmas fairs that used to have in like high school, middle school, where like they didn't have books, they'd have all this other stuff. And it's probably about $5. And people always like, whenever they see it, it's like a shiny necklace with like a little lightning bolt on it too. And they're like, oh, that's a really nice necklace. Like, I'm like spent like, Nope. <laughs> so it's probably like $5. But uh, yeah, the fact that it just holds sense to me because again, she was thinking about me and she probably only had about $15 on her and she got it for me. So that's, that's definitely one of, I'd say one of my top two or three most prized possessions for sure. Yeah, very cool, man. That's awesome. Question six, and for you, if you could buy anything in the world, digital, physical, service, and experience that's currently for sale, what would that be? Ooh, without a doubt, I'm Central American. My father is Guatemalan and we are coffee addicts. I will 100% be buying land for my family where we can, because some of my family members also are in the coffee industry. I know where I'm going. I know where I'm retiring. Um, <laughs> my mother is from Salvador as well. And we know the cryptocurrency laws over there. And it just seems like I'm going to Central America <laughs> and I'm opening up a coffee farm. Beautiful. Awesome. Such clarity. That's awesome. Uh, question seven, Strawberry, for you. If you could pass on one of your personality traits to the next generation, what would it be? This is an interesting question. Perhaps maybe my neurodiversity or my obsession. While these are be considered shortcomings in a way, my obsession is what has gotten me to this point in my life. I've found things that I've loved throughout my life and have put myself into them wholeheartedly. And I think that that paired with just my drive to accomplish and get things done um, as effectively as possible. I think that's sort of something I would like to, to pass to my uh, critical thinking, I guess, in a yeah. loose term. So important. Question eight, JR, for you, the flip side of this, if you could eliminate one of your personality traits from the next generation, what would that be? <laughs> Anxiety. A lot of people know this, but I'm a very anxious person. And on the outskirts, I'm always like, yeah, positive, positive, positive. But like, I deal with a lot of stress and a lot of anxiety and I let that get to me. And it's hard to follow my own advice, but when people ask, when they come to me with that, I'm like, trust the process. I'm like, it's going to get you to where you need to be. It's going to be hard work. It's going to suck, but trust the process and just let it be. Go with the flow. Like Bruce Lee said, just be water, my friend. Be like water. And I just need to be more like water. So if I could not pass on a trait, it would be, Get rid of anxiety, get rid of stress, and just trust the process. You and me both, brother. So much easier to share that advice to others. <laughs> yeah, they always say, feel the fear and do it anyway, which is great advice. Like but <laughs> I'm always longing for, well, can we just have the fear not come up in the first place? <laughs> or like, yeah. do the uncomfortable until it becomes comfortable. I like <laughs> that one too. And I, there's a million of them, but it still doesn't help me. Like, <laughs> yeah, the yes. stomach knots never go away. They really <laughs> yeah. don't. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it is, guys, right? Appreciate the insights around it. Question number nine, and for you, a little bit easier. What did you do just before joining us on the podcast? 
stretched and I was in discord mm. with our family, <laughs> the Oni family. That's just what it is. I uh, absolutely love spending time with them and learning about them and hearing how we can be better uh, at certain things. And yeah, I was into discord. <laughs> <laughs> Not a surprise there. Appreciate it though. Question 10, last one, strawberry for you, sir. What are you going to do next after the podcast? I keep my days pretty full. I like to do a tremendous, as much as I can get done in any, any given time period. Right now, I've been focused on making sure that our merch has moved forward. We're working with another company and they're helping make sure that everything is coordinated, our designs are correct, and then we can have that available for the community soon. So that is something that I'm focused on driving forward today, as well as interacting with the community on the Discord and working on some of the mechanics for our future NFTs. Amazing. Keep an eye out for that. Merge drop, man. I pumped about that. I keep hearing about it. I heard about it since day one. Let's go. All right. Well, hey, look, thanks so much, guys, for, uh, for playing with us here. A little quick hitter action. Really appreciate it. Lots of fun. We have some hot topics to dive into and a special one for today. I think we should go head over there. What do you yeah, think? Yeah, yeah. And I have the pleasure of producing some of the mixes and matches here. And I just thought this was a great combination. I think you guys will love this dope project. Ba-boom, chink. <laughs> awesome. So for our featured hot topic today, let's bring them on camera. We've got a couple extra guests here. I'll give a an intro of that project and then we'll start chit-chatting with them a little bit. So we're going to talk about the Dope One Drop and we've got Scotty and, Ch and just Chili. Scotty's a co-creator of Dope One. He has been advising a number of tier one artists, entertainment companies, event and festival organizers around the world specifically exploring ways to integrate their ecosystem into the blockchain space. Diehard hip hop fan, and he loves EDM. Scotty has been in the blockchain space for five years. Building up from all of that, he has accumulated a pretty dope network from the best of both worlds. And then uh, Just Chili, or June, is an LA-based artist who's worked at high-profile studios such as Disney, Riot Games, Blizzard, and Blur. So we want to dive in and, and chat with you guys about what you're cooking up. But first, just an official welcome to Edge of NFT. Welcome, guys. Yeah, nice well, to be here. Nice to be here. Thanks for having us. Yeah, we could, this is a record for the most folks on Edge of NFT in one moment. <laughs> nice. uh, crew, man, holy cow. It's great to have you guys in, in the mix. And really, we'd love to know, like, what's the backstory behind the project? How did you all come together? And what were the inspirations for everything that you're doing? Yeah, I mean, well, first of all, thanks for having us. And uh, well, thanks for tuning in to, for those who are listening. A little bit of backstory. I think the intro mentioned how uh, I had the pleasure to be advising different artists and companies around the world. But yeah, really building up from that, we just want to create a pretty cool cultural and lifestyle crew powered by NFT and our passion for music. But uh, of course, there's no NFT without some artworks, right? So Just Chili is actually a very, very accomplished artist. He's a dope artist. You know, we wouldn't be able to launch a project with him without him, right? But a little bit of backstory about Chile and I, we are actually ex-classmates. We met each other in the same fraternity 15, 16 years ago, right? And yeah, that yeah. bond, yeah, and that bond flourished since. And so even though we kind of went on those separate ways and in different professions, I mean, right? We're, we're living across halfway around the world, right? Apart, we're kind of still, we're still able to meet, take that friendship and cross paths again. So. With that, and I think we there's an incredible opportunity for us to rebuild this type of community in a similar fashion, where different people from different parts of the world are able to kind of 
build the same bond that we have and able to collaborate and creatively, you know, our, in, in an environment that we're building. So, yeah, I mean, I'll let Shirley introduce himself and, and talk a little bit about the backstory too, if there's anything. Yeah, I remember um, Scotty kind of uh, approached me with the uh, the project and I didn't, I didn't really know too much about the whole like NFT space and stuff, but he was explaining it to me, showing me examples and kind of talking about the vision he wanted. And so for me, like I'm always about like being creative ever since growing up, I was growing up. So I just started getting a bunch of ideas and I started getting excited about the prospect of it. And well, just, why don't we actually jump in there to that question? What is the vision? Look, okay, do you want to yeah, go, Scotty? Um, do you want to? Yeah, I, I can talk a little bit and then, you know, feel free to add it. I think what well, we want this community to be very collaborative, right? First of all, and uh, so that we can all work together creatively. Ultimately, just make something cool for the world, online, offline. You know, as I was telling Chile, what NFTs are, you know, the mission is really to not to be online, but as much as in real life, right? So we want this kind of, you know, we want this project to be showcased and represented around the world. And whatever that we do, it comes out of it. Ultimately, we want this to be a unique society that that's really on online and offline in the real world. But yeah, I mean, that's really just our vision. Right now, we're looking for more dope ones to, to join the crew. <laughs> nice. I want to know, like, what is a dope one going to do as a community? What are the major things on the roadmap, partnerships, marketing, stuff like that? Yeah, thanks. Well, as I mentioned right now, what we need the most is trying to look for more dope ones, right? In terms of partnership, we're talk, we're, we're in close talk with a lot of potential partnership, including some of the top 100 DJs that you know in the world. In terms of cool empty communities, right? We're looking for more cool and cool communities to collaborate, hopefully do something cool together, like, like hopefully only, only for us. To the audience, I think we, if, you, if you guys think you guys deserve to be a, in a, a part of the elite community and you guys think that you want to be creatives and be a cultural leader, then uh, yeah, come get to know us. That's something that we want we to do. And there's a lot more that we can talk about on the roadmap too, which we're diving on. Yeah, sure. Anything specific from that roadmap that you wanted to share with the listeners? Yeah, absolutely. Well, first off, these cool street arts are going to be attending some of the exclusive parties and events around the world. We actually made first public appearance on a live show in Shanghai over the weekend. So that was pretty cool. There's going to be a lot more. We're going to be penetrating different cities. So look out for them. Second is on the roadmap. We're going to collaborate together to make the first short film for Dope One. Our active community members are going to get the avatars to be features in the film. So making their skeletal even more special. And as a community, uh, we're going to work on a soundtrack together. Potentially alongside with some of the renowned artists, you know, Dope Network that I mentioned, some of the art DJs, some of the hip hop artists that we're talking to. Yeah, so we, we'll, we'll continue to enrich the community with more partnership, clearing in more funds and benefits for people. And we just want this to be a cool society. And it's just a start. We yeah, just and what's awesome now is that with this idea of NFT rentals, several projects popping up there, if you can't happen to take a jet over to Shanghai, maybe someone can rent your NFT for that party and then give it back to you after. Yeah. So that's what we want to do. I mean, we are talking to different festival organizers, right? Potentially having this NFT, providing some utility, you know, um, we're talking about backstage passes, like VIP access to certain areas or things like that. But we want this to be pretty cool. Right? It's just like a music related, you know, membership. So you guys mentioned Shanghai and you mentioned being half a world away. Where are you located exactly? I, I want to get, I want to put you guys on the map so that, that I and the listeners kind of, kind of know where you're located. Well, Chile is in LA, right? I'm in Hong Kong. 
And we have guys in Ukraine, Canada, East Coast, Maryland, and Maryland. East, East yep. Coast, right? Yeah, we got guys in Taiwan, so in China, and pretty much everywhere. We, and, and you know, some of the DJs that we we're talking to, which is a friend of mine, they live in Italy, so they so yeah, everywhere. <laughs> really nice. I've always been very excited about the potential, especially of the internet, for cross-border collaboration and breaking down a lot of these barriers. And it's beautiful to see it happening. Yeah. Why did you guys choose Shanghai as, as a place to operate physically there? What was oh, the thought process? We don't off, operate. Oh, it was a virtual. Well, had something happened. Yeah. Yeah. We just had an opportunity. So one of my, well, a good friend, he's the, you know, he, he's, he organized all the music festival events and he brings in all the international DJs into China. And I was speaking to him and he gave us an opportunity to showcase our, our scale crew on the stage and just have a live appearances. And, uh, this is an idea actually brought to us by some of the community members. You know, we, we grew, we grew to 1.2 K uh, Discord community members within five days. And a lot of these guys are actually from Russia, Eastern Europe. That's so you can, you can tell our team is truly global. Our community is truly global right now. And we're, we're, we're pretty amazed. Yeah, it's amazing. I think one of the things, and we've been on a, a couple of panels and had various conversations, Scotty, I think we just, we felt a, a ton of alignment around kind of core values about the NFT community and the importance of community and connection and collaboration within the space. I'm a, a huge, huge supporter of that. And I think we've, we've very much vibed on that wavelength. One of the things that you did was uh, create a free uh, rarity tool. I was wondering how that plays into everything that you're, uh, everything that you're doing and in, in your entire roadmap. That's pretty cool. So on the, on the, on the side project, we're, we're making a an NFT platform, pretty much a single portal for all your NFTs um, that you can view Solana's ERC, BNC, Polygon, and all that stuff is free. So part of the value add for that platform is we've built a rarity checker for over a hundred projects. You know, you have other rarity checkers out there that are focusing on the top end of the projects and they are, uh, I think they, 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 they require some payments. We're, we're offering service break, uh, for the upcoming, up and coming projects. So we're able to kind of integrate that community of theirs into our platform. And it's been a pretty good success for us so far. We have, yeah, we have a hundred projects that are connected and they're bringing the communities over and use a checker on Discord. So check it, check it out. It's called Doko, D-O-K-O. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I heard it's like, uh, super quick to get your info in there, free to use. So that's, that's awesome. I know that like rarity.tools and some other project, it takes a minute to get in there. It costs you a smidge, a couple of ETH or something to do it. So it's, it's a nice resource. I'm excited about what you guys are doing on this show. We're humbled and honored to have the only one force leaders of some of them on the show. And, and they've been talking about community. The community is the project and it sounds like you guys are attracting a really fun energetic community that enjoys DJs and, you know, that likes to travel the world. So I'm sure there's a lot of folks out there that are down for that type of community. And I think you're going to do a little giveaway for our listeners. Can you tell us what you had in mind? Yeah, pretty much. We are giving free pre-sale spots away and also three free NFTs through your, for your specific to your community. So we hope to get a little bit of support and love on Twitter and Discord. Uh, that's it. And then hopefully you guys like our art and enjoy all the NFTs. Yeah, it's super cool stuff. Yeah, I think I think our listeners will enjoy That's it. That's awesome. We'll, we'll see which of our listeners enjoy DJs, maybe while they're playing games or during art or whatever else. We have a really diverse listener community. So I'm sure some of them will really be excited about this and really appreciate that uh, offer that you gave our community. Yeah, 
then thank you for us for having us. And um, if you guys haven't checked out the art yet, definitely check out the art. I think just shouldn't put a lot of time into the artwork. He's an incredible artist, I, I have to say. And and so when I gave I gave him the idea and the he he just brought everything to life. Yeah, it's amazing art. Yeah, we're gonna post the art on our YouTube video. We'll also put some art onto Twitter with the contest, so people can see Chili's uh, awesome art. Yeah, uh, thanks, guys. Now, speaking of that, where else should folks go to learn more about you, to see the artwork and, uh, and, and become, um, you know, followers of the project? Yeah, we would love for you guys to join our Discord, right, for a lot of the information, the latest up-to-date information. Our Twitter, obviously, is an um, information center. Our website is dope1.io, D-O-P-E-O-N-E.io. So you can find us there, but you can find us on Twitter, you see everything there as well. Amazing. And at the website, there'll be a link for the Discord and all that, all the socials, right? Um, the quickest way? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, guys, amazing. Dope one. Looking forward to everything that's forthcoming. Amazing artwork, amazing team, total alignment on ethos. And so great having you guys on. We really appreciate it. Cool. We, yeah. We thank you for having it. us again. Thank you. Absolutely. All right, guys. Talk soon. Talk soon. Thank you. See ya. Bye, guys. All right. What a show, guys. Yeah. Quite an amazing one. I had to rep M's Oni Force here in my background. I see her. Super, super sick one. Yes. What a bad <laughs> Yoni Oni. I love it. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I mean, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's the Hanya mask for me. By the way, for those that don't know, Hanya, she says she's a, well, she's a woman demon. She's a woman demon Oni. So it's nice. just very, yeah. Is she a dope? Yoni only demon, like <laughs> oh yeah, no, she's strength, style, and spirit to the max. Like it's me. Like that is me. So I'm excited. I cannot wait to develop everything and even maybe particularly possibly a cosplay setup. Mm. I just I'm 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 ready. I'm glad Jeff clarified because the listener will not be aware that he just popped this Oni in his background <laughs> you know, just a minute he's ago. Bu- he's borrowing it. He's I borrowing it. Like I kind of thought he was flexing anything here. That he no, owned no, it. no. <laughs> this is just showing love. That's all. Much appreciated. Awesome. Oh, uh, strawberry. Oh, strawberry. He's got some kind of mask on at this point. And for the record, this is the first time Jeff has ever changed his background for the show. Wow, yeah, that's true. power of women, huh? It's That'll true. do it, Jeff. This is it. This is it. Wow, that's a sick mask, Strawberry. Wow. Amazing. You guys, so many cool surprises. So I think we did have another one we wanted to touch on and uh, kind of get some real feedback on, right? A hot topic? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which one do you guys want to hit? Oh, let's hit. just hit Eden. I think Eden is an interesting yeah. place to go. Do we got a headline there or is that um, just yeah, a topic? Yeah. Just uh, the top sentence there. Okay, currently Eden now represents 52% of the Ethereum blockchain hash power and is supported by some of the largest Ethereum block producers and mining uh, pools in the world, including SparkPool, F2Pool, NanaPool, and two miners, to name a few. Eden Network protects traders from front running, creates new incentives for block producers following the implementation of the EIP-1559 and redistributes minor extractable value, MEV, in a more equitable way. Yeah, let's chit chat about Eden here. Yeah, so I heard about Eden from a friend, fortunately, a little while back. And then they reached out to us to tell us a little bit more about what they're doing and how they're trying to add value to the ecosystem. I think we all have a love-hate relationship with Ethereum and, and gas. So I'm sure these guys are familiar with those challenges with their drop and all the stuff they've done since then. Are you guys familiar with Eden Network as well? Me personally, not so much. Not as in depth as as you may know. 
Yeah, I'm more of a broad guy than a deep guy with how fast this space goes. But the gist is you can stake your Eden tokens to get a priority spot on the network to mint. So it's an alternative way to reduce gas other than acting like a vampire and getting up at night at 1 a.m. to mint. So shout out to the guys at Eden for doing something to help people with gas wars and on Ethereum, which is a chain we all love. Yeah, yeah. it's a... More than 2,800 stakers have staked tens of millions worth of Eden tokens for MEV protection and priority. Over half a dozen slot tenants have bid and burned over 500,000 worth of Eden for access to premium block space. Staking has been consistently heating up. I mean, I've heard a buzz about it, but um, was not as aware of it as as Josh is. So yeah, very interesting yeah, to explore. I think as long as gas prices are, are high for the foreseeable future, at least over the next you know year or so, I think we're going to see so many different alternatives and people trying out different alternatives and exploring different alternatives to eat. I think that opportunity will still be there beyond prices coming down on gas, but it's tough for, for projects trying to navigate that and, and make decisions around you know, how they're launching and what the impact is going to be on their community, on their project. And I mean, it's a, it's a, a definitive thing once you pull the trigger and you launch, right? That's it. You know, you, you're committed. Totally. Strawberry, you wanted to say something before we wrap? I just wanted to comment and say that I just love the creativity in the space and now being introduced to this and having the opportunity to go through and see what Eaton is doing. It's amazing. I'm looking through their website, jumping onto Sushi to see what staking looks like for them. It's all just very exciting to me that all of these ecosystems are being developed with NFTs in mind and the future of the technology. We recently air have been airdropping shoes to our Oni Force holders, Oni Force Ones. Um, and that's done in crypto voxels over the Polygon network. And while we're, we found that gas is tremendously low on the Polygon network, we're seeing that there's also some unreliability to it in some aspects as we are effectively gas forcing ourselves, trying to make sure that all of our Oni Force holders are repping and looking cool in crypto boxes too. I got to check my wallet after this show. <laughs> oh, for sure. Make sure if you are an Oni Force holder, go to the hidden tab. OpenSea actually has block or hidden polygon transfers due to some particularly NSFW NFTs making their way into some, some wallets. Mm. Got it. Wow. That's something else. Before we wrap, I just wanted to check in. I've been hearing some buzz and some from some friends who are into a similar project called Pizza Dow Strawberry. And I know that's been an interesting thing for you. And it might even be a slight hot topic, something interesting coming up in November. I don't know if you're aware of, but can you tell us a little bit about your involvement in Pizza Dow and what's that, what that's meant to you as far as your journey in NFTs? Yeah, absolutely. I guess to keep it brief, I am a founding member of Pizza Dow. I was introduced to NFTs in mid-February by a gentleman that goes by the name of Snacks on Twitter, S-A-N-X, Snack Me. He had pretty much just dragged me down the rabbit hole. And then we found ourselves in a room about nothing where we had the concept, the idea of selling NFT artwork to try and throw the world's largest pizza party in respect to Laszlo, the gentleman that spent 10000 Bitcoin on two pizzas from Papa John's back in 2010, equivalent to what's what Bitcoin at right now was like $60,000. So $600 million, something to that effect. <laughs> Crazy amount of money for two pizzas. 
And we've gone and effectively lab mode ourselves as we see he continued to climb. At the time, I think he was about 1400. So we, I mean, I jumped on the project immediately, became an ingredient artist. All of the toppings, all of these pizzas are created by artists all around the world. What was a group of eight people became 3000 all over the planet and effectively raised about $1.2 million in NFT sales, took half of that money and bought 42,000 pizzas all around the world on May 22nd. Truly a remarkable event in my life, the NFT space, something that will, I'll carry with me forever. We effectively put pizza all around the globe from China to Korea to places in Africa where children had never even really had pizza before. I woke up in the morning to this video and it brought me to tears, uh, chills to the max. I truly had never anticipated starting a small clubhouse group, just like Force, starting a small clubhouse group, that it would become a global phenomenon. And now the reveal for rare pizzas is finally coming. The technology behind it is quite advanced, uses things like Chainlink for true verification or random that RNG randomization on the chain. There's a lot of thought and process behind all of it. So super excited for that. We're effectively trying to make pizza free and we'll see if we can uh, accomplish that goal. I truly believe. Yeah. I mean, that's basically on the, that's like world peace of pizza. At least we can get there, you know, as a first step. <laughs> Thanks for the overview. Yeah. And it does sound like there's something cool coming up in November. So appreciate that on the hot topics. Well, guys, yeah. So it's been amazing. We could talk, I think, forever about this stuff with you. Uh, there's so many cool subjects, so much alignment. Where should we direct listeners that aren't uh, familiar with Oni Force to go to learn more, to become part of the community? What's their best bet? Definitely go to 0n1force.com. Oni spelled out that for oniforce.com also works. Check out the website. Version 2 is coming soon with a little bit more information, clear roadmap merge, future drops, personally working on that myself, discord.gg slash zero and one force will bring you directly into our community where you can find that on the website where you can find us on Twitter, zero and one force. Amazing. So listeners, check it out. If you haven't, you'll be amazed. Okay. Well, I think we've reached the outer limit at the edge of NFTs for today. So thanks for exploring with us. We've got space for more adventures on this starship. So invite your friends and recruit some cool strangers that will make this journey all so much better. How? Go to iTunes right now, rate us and say something awesome. Then go to edgeofnft.com to dive further down the rabbit hole. Want to help co-create Edge of NFT with us? Got guests you want to see in an episode? Questions for hosts or guests? An NFT you'd like us to review? Drop us a line at contact at edgeofnft.com or tweet at us at edgeofnft to get in the mix. Lastly, be sure to tune in next time for more great NFT content. Thanks again, team, for sharing this time with us today. The views and opinions expressed on the Edge of NFT podcast reflect solely those views and opinions of the show creators and its guests. We're learning as we go, just like you. Please make sure to do your own research. Our podcast is not financial advice. There are multiple strategies and not all strategies fit all people. You understand that you are using any and all information available on or through this podcast at your own risk.